Good morning, church family. Anyone else in the mood to celebrate? Okay, blow them. Go ahead. Go ahead. That was really dangerous to give these out before the message. Just saying. But we, we are in a celebratory mood because God is good. And when you look at history, when you look back in biblical history, and you see God doing a mighty work, God's people would pause, and they'd kind of have a milestone, in a sense, and they would celebrate what God's doing. And so that's what we want to do today as a church family, is we just want to celebrate what God is up to. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears have been poured into plans for what happens today, and we know God is behind it. So... With that said, thank you for being here. I'm Justin. I want to welcome all of our online friends that join us here at Green. And we are celebrating our grand opening of our new campus down the road. Really on the same road, just down like 20 miles. Uh, Let me me share something kind of cool with you. Um, We have, in the last decade, celebrated. Anyone want to guess how many grand openings we've been able to celebrate the last 10 years? Some of you are racking your brains trying to remember. Close, close. This is our fourth grand opening that we've celebrated. I'll, if some of you remember, I'll, I'll give you a little blast from the past. Eight years ago, November 2014, we moved into this new facility here. And that was an awesome, that was an awesome day. Uh, about 18 months later, Easter Sunday 2016, we opened our grand opening at our Cincy campus up in Cincinnati, New York. Um, yeah, Cincy didn't mean Cincy, Ohio, not, not quite, Cincinnati, New York, right? And then it was just a couple years ago, 2021, May, we had the grand opening of the new Bainbridge campus, 30 miles to our east. Today is the grand opening of our new Regal campus down at Regal Cinema. Yeah, you can celebrate, that's cool. Uh, some people have asked, did we buy it? <laughs> Not yet. Uh, we're, we're leasing it on a weekly basis, and they have been wonderful. The staff there, the manager there have rolled out the red carpet for us and been awesome. So God has just been so good to us as a church family. Do you realize that we live in a region where by our stats and estimates, it looks like over 80% of our region are unchurched? That means today in green New York, eight out of every 10 people aren't in a church, don't have a church family. And that breaks our hearts. And we want to do something about it. We serve a God who leaves behind the 99 to pursue the one. And we want to reflect his heart. And so as we go to new communities and and help other churches down there and partner with them to reach those communities, you need to know it's because we have a God who cares so much about that one who strayed from him. Yesterday I was at an event and there was a young man who I haven't seen in a long time and I just sat with him, spent some time with him and he just asked me, he said, will you pray for me? I want to get back to church and back to God. And my heart broke because that's the story of so many people in our area. For some reason or another, they strayed from God, and God has not strayed from them. Do you believe that? We have a God who never walks away. So 
Two weeks ago, we had our first preview gathering down at Regal Cinema. And if you think that everything goes off around here without a hitch, you haven't been around very long. Here's what happened two weeks ago for our first preview gathering. The soundboard didn't work. The fuse blew, and we didn't have lights or power. And Rick had to use his loudest voice to preach to that massive room. But somehow, there were still over 60 people that showed up and left so excited to be part of it. Part of what? The power was out. The soundboard wasn't working. They sang a cappella, and Rick screamed a message. And yet, the hunger is incredible. You know what happened last week for the second preview gathering? A hundred people showed up. One lady named Amy posted this on her Facebook after leaving. And, and I just got to share this with you because it was so cool. She posted a picture of her sitting back in those massive chairs with the footrest. Don't all flock down to Front Street, please. <laughs> We're saving up for the Lazy Boy Fund here at Green. In fact, when I go down to preach, I think I'm going to tell people, please keep your seats in the upright position. But, but here's what Amy wrote on her Facebook. She said, can you guess what's happening in this picture? And it's her lounging back in the chair with her coffee in, in the theater. She said, if you said church, you'd be 100% right. When Berean Bible Church decided to expand to the North Binghamton area, temporarily holding service in a movie theater, I was less than encouraged. Church in a theater? It will not feel like church. Well, today that way of thinking proved me, proved to be totally wrong. I went into church with a less than Christian attitude because, well, it's a theater. And I left with my heart and spirit full of God and gratitude. Church is wherever you're opening your heart to God in worship, period. The message today, we never stop needing relationship with God and with each other. I am so grateful to be part of such an amazing church, a church full of not so perfect people who believe in a perfect God. If doing church with your feet up, <laughs> at least down there, Bible in your lap and a coffee next to you sounds appealing, consider joining us Sundays at Regal. Is that cool or what? My friends, God is at work. <laughs> so here's, here's what we know. And two weeks ago, you might say, man, why didn't you just throw in the towel after that Sunday? After things blew up. Because we know that we have a villain who wants nothing more than to stop what God is doing. We have a villain who wants nothing more than to steal, kill, and destroy you, me, this church, and what God is doing. And here's the crazy part of this villain. He wasn't always a villain. He was created to be an incredible, powerful being. In fact, he was the guardian of the throne of God. He was number two in all of creation. And for him, he was beautiful. He was guardian of the throne of God. It wasn't enough. He didn't want to guard the throne. He wanted that throne. He wanted it for himself. And that's just kind of common with God's creation is when God gives us the best that he has to offer, we tend to want just a little bit more. And Satan wasn't content. His name was Lucifer. He was the morning star. 
and he wanted the throne for himself. So he led a coup and he gathered tens of thousands of God's other created beings to join him in that coup and overthrow God and take the throne for himself. You think it worked? God doesn't share his throne. Satan was then kicked out of heaven along with tens of thousands of his rebels. We call them now demons, but they're angels. They're just dark angels. And now Satan is down here and he's the prince of this world and he is doing everything in his power to reclaim the throne that he feels like he lost access to. Can I tell you something? We are very aware of Satan. We are very aware that he's at work and we are not afraid of him because we serve the king of kings. Listen, any one of us takes Satan on one-to-one and we lose. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I never take Satan on alone. And neither do you, and neither does this church family, and neither do God's people around the world because God is with us. So we are very aware, and we always have to be, that as we move forward to obey God, just to be obedient and faithful to him, that there's always gonna be obstacles. There's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be attacks. And I don't just want to blame everything on Satan and I don't want to look under every bush and see a demon. But I'm telling you, he's out there. And I'm telling you, he can't stand God and he can't stand you and he can't stand what God is doing. And we have to be really aware of that villain. Now, for some of you, you've maybe heard that story of this hero-turned-villain. Some of you, it's new. But I'm sure there's another story that's a hero-villain story you've all heard. But it's actually the opposite. It's a a villain who kind of became a hero. It's a bad dude who became good. And it became a Christmas legend. And his, his name, well, let me give you maybe his famous phrase. Bah humbug. Someone help me with his name. Ebenezer Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge. Here's the funny thing about Ebenezer Scrooge. His name is pretty famous. His name, Ebenezer, isn't just in this Christmas legend, but it's also in one of my favorite hymns. How many of you have ever heard, Come Thou Fount? Come Thou Fount. Here's what it says, and you maybe never even knew what this meant, but in this song it says, Here I raise my Ebenezer, And I don't think that's talking about Scrooge. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Here by thy great help I come. And I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. In one of the most famous hymns of Christendom, Ebenezer appears. What in the world is that? And believe it or not, if you read scripture, you will find Ebenezer in some of the most ancient records of this book. What in the world does Ebenezer mean? And what in the world does it have to do with grand opening? Well, let's find out. Let's look at the story. If you would turn with me in your copy of the scriptures to 1 Samuel chapter 7. 1 Samuel chapter 7. Uh, If you want to use a chair Bible, it's page 229 in that chair Bible. And that's what I'm going to be reading out of. It's New Living Translation. So you can match that with your Bible app if that's what you're using. And also, we say this every week, but if you would like a Bible, take that one home as our gift to you. You get a Bible and a bazooka today. Is that not cool? (laughs) 1 Samuel chapter 7. Let me give you a little background before we dive into this story. God's people 
were, were called the Israelites, the Jewish people. They were chosen by him as his very special possession and people. Abraham was the father of the Jewish people, and all of those descendants were known as Israelites, and they were God's people. God had promised them a land. It's just a sliver of land in the Middle East on the edge of the Mediterranean, but God had said, that's the land I want to give you. And God had offered that land to them, and finally, over time, they were able to to take possession of most of the promised land. And they were living in that land. But here's what happens. Again, when God gives us his best, we tend to want more. And the people wanted more than God. They wanted more than the land. And so they began to follow other things and other gods. And their attention kind of diverted over time slowly away from God. And enemies rose up and villains rose up and began to attack them in this promised land. And what happened was that something very important to them was stolen. Anyone know what this was called? Yeah, if you've seen Indiana Jones, you know all about this. The Ark of the Covenant. And and what this was is it was the throne. It was the throne of God. And God's very presence symbolically was with his people as God would be here on his throne living with his people. And so the day that this got stolen from the land was this, this tragic day where it was like God got stolen. And for the next 20 years, the people struggled to get it back where it should have been, and, and they were in mourning. And I want you to read the story with me. Let's start in verse 2 of chapter 7. It says, The ark remained in Kirith-Jerim for a long time, 20 years in all. And during that time, all Israel mourned because it seemed, what did it seem like? Seemed like the Lord had abandoned them. Do you ever feel like that? Have you ever prayed and felt like you were talking to the wall? Have you ever gone through a dry spell spiritually and feel like, is any of this real? They went through 20 years of this dry spell. And then Samuel, their prophet, their leader, said to all the people of Israel, if you are really serious about wanting to return to the Lord, get rid of your foreign gods and your images of Ashtoreth. Determine to obey only the Lord. Then he will rescue you from the Philistines. So the Israelites got rid of their images of Baal and Ashtoreth and worshipped only the Lord. Then Samuel told them, gather all of Israel to Mizpah and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah and in a great ceremony drew water from a well and poured it before the Lord. They also went without food all day and confessed that they had sinned against the Lord. It was at Mizpah that Samuel became Israel's judge. So, so you can see here, this is like a revival's going on. They're, they're turning away from their sin. They're turning away from, from their neglect of God. And they're saying, God, forgive us. We're coming back. It feels like you've neglected us. It feels like you're no longer with us. But we're coming back to you. Verse 7, when the Philistine rulers heard that Israel had gathered at Mizpah, they mobilized their army and advanced. Isn't that typical? Just when Israel's getting right with God, now they're going to face a war. The Israelites were badly frightened when they learned that the Philistines were approaching. Right? They're trying to, to symbolize and celebrate this moment of turning to God, and then they find out they're about to go to war. And they're not too excited about it. And Samuel, as their leader, knows that there's stuff going on out of sight. There's this cosmic war for their hearts that they can't see. 
And Samuel realizes that these people, although they feel defenseless, although they've already been defeated by these people, the Philistines, and they're probably going to get defeated again, Samuel knows something that they don't know. And he says this, verse 8, don't stop pleading or they say to him, don't stop pleading with the Lord our God to save us from the Philistines, they begged Samuel. So Samuel took a young lamb and offered it to the Lord as a whole burnt offering. He pleaded with the Lord to help Israel. And the Lord answered him. Now, I don't know how the Lord answered him. I don't know if Samuel heard something. I don't know if Samuel fell to peace. But somehow Samuel knew, okay, God's here with us. God's going to help us. Just as Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines arrived to attack Israel, as if on cue, right? But the Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder from heaven that day. I would love to have been there. I would love to have recorded that on a GoPro or something. I don't know what this would have sounded like. When God's speaking, it's this mighty voice like thunder. It's coming out of heaven, but it creates this panic and confusion among the Philistines. And they were thrown into such confusion that the Israelites defeated them. The men of Israel chased them from Mizpah to a place below Bethkar, slaughtering them all along the way. It was this overwhelming military victory. Something crazy happened on that day. And Samuel knows exactly what happens. He knows that God was behind this. So he wants to do something so that they'll never forget that although they had abandoned God, God had not abandoned them. He wanted to do something to remind them that God was on their side, was with them. And so he does what many ancient leaders did at that time. He sets up a memorial. Now, he didn't build a pyramid, and he didn't make a statue. He, he does something else. He places a large stone. That's exactly what I do when I get excited. I place a large stone somewhere, right? This is, this is a really unique thing that he does. He places a large stone, and look what happens in verse 12. Samuel then took a large stone, and he placed it between the towns of Mizpah and Jeshana. He named it, what's he name it? Bah humbug. He names it Ebenezer, which means the stone of help. For he said, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. See, he wanted this stone to be this reminder. Every time the Israelites walked past, he wanted them to remember that the help of the Lord was with them. And so it became this stone that as they would walk past generations later with their kids and their kids like, Mommy, Daddy, what is that big stone all about? They could say, Kids, that's Ebenezer. And their kids could be like, what? And say, that's the stone of help. That's the reminder that the Lord is our help. It's the reminder that although we have enemies all around us, and although we often live in fear, we have a God who's bigger, better, more powerful. We have a God who is our help. Look what happens in verse 13. So the Israelites were subdued and didn't invade Israel again for some time. And throughout Samuel's lifetime, the Lord's powerful hand was raised against the Philistines. The Israelite villages near Ekron and Gath that the Philistines had captured were restored to Israel, along with the rest of the territory that the Philistines had taken. And there was 
peace between Israel and the Amorites in those days. You see this remarkable change in their story. It went from neglect of God. It went from the robbery of the Ark of the Covenant, mourning, feeling like God had abandoned them. And then here you see there's rest, there's restoration, there's peace. What was the difference? Ebenezer, the help of the Lord. As I think back to that story in that time, right before they turned to the Lord and right before God showed himself strong for them, they would have told you that their lives and their nation were a mess. Can anybody else relate to that? When you look out at our nation, when you look out at our world, do you see things going in a good direction? If you don't watch the news, maybe you do. But I look out, and man, all I see is a, is a mess. I see a world where evil wins, it seems like, all the time. See a world where you've got nations invading other nations. You've got corruption plaguing political leaders. You've got diseases and suffering spread, spreading. You've got a massive hunger issue now that's sweeping across our world. You've got fires. You've got floods. You've got hurricanes. You've got abuse, to be more specific, and neglect. You've got conflict. And if you only read the news, you're going to probably find yourself discouraged, maybe depressed, and maybe even hopeless. But I've got good news for you this morning. Ebenezer, the Lord is our help. Every time we celebrate a grand opening it's like a Samuel stone. It's like an Ebenezer stone. It's a, it's, a, it's a reminder that God is our help. It's a reminder that his kingdom is advancing, his message is spreading, and his family is growing. Jesus said this. He said, on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. My friends, that rock is Jesus Christ and he is building his church and we get to watch it happen. And we push forward for one simple reason. We push forward because Ebenezer, the help of the Lord. So on this grand opening Sunday, I want us to think through a few questions. I want us to take a little bit of time for introspection. With the help of the Lord, what has God allowed us to be part of in the last 10 years, the last decade here at this church? And this is something our, our teaching team, you know, we thought and prayed through this, and, and there's so much, but I'm just going to whittle it down. In the last decade, we've seen God take us from a small rural church to a regional multi-site movement of people who love reaching people far from God. Amen. We have seen God overcome tremendous obstacles and challenges. We have seen Satan unable to stop what God is doing, and he has tried. We have celebrated in the last decade the baptisms of 400 Jesus followers. 
and we think God is just warming up. I'm not blowing smoke. I think God is just warming up. With the help of the Lord, what do we hope to accomplish in the next 10 years? Well, this grand opening today, down, down in Binghamton area, has been five years, over five years in the making. And our hope five years ago and our hope today is still the same. And here's what it is. We hope that this new campus down there on Front Street becomes a hub campus. Now, I'm not talking like a hub cap. But here's what I mean by hub. We're hoping that that new campus becomes what you here at Green have been for years. By God's grace, you have launched three more campuses and a church plant across our region in the last number of years. And we believe that they are going to be perfectly positioned down there to launch other churches and other campuses across the region. The need is tremendous across the Binghamton area. And so as we launch them today, our hope and our prayer is that they are going to do what you all have done for years. And they will not be comfortable being comfortable, but that they will exist for the people that are in their community that haven't yet found a church family and haven't yet found Jesus Christ. And so we kind of launch them today with the idea that they're already pregnant. They already in their hearts and minds have this conceived idea that, that someday and hopefully in the next few years they're going to be launching across the Binghamton area other churches and other campuses to reach more people. And they're going to be partnering with existing churches to reach more people for Jesus Christ. And so I want you to know your heart of sacrifice, your heart of generosity, the way that you have multiplied, I believe that your kid that you just gave birth to down there on Front Street is going to very quickly multiply and do more of what you've done for years. And when that happens, man, are we going to be excited to have some grandkids down in the Binghamton area? Are you following the metaphor here? Okay, okay. So with the help of the Lord, with the help of the Lord, let me ask you a little more personal, beyond the church family, but more personal to you. How has God helped you to grow? Right? With the help of the Lord, how have you grown? How have you changed? How has your family grown? Because here's what's fun. When, when I look around the room, even today, I don't just see faces. I see a ton of stories. Right? Some of your stories I know, some I don't. But I know that there's stories of abuse. There's stories of neglect. There's stories of divorce. There's stories of tragedy, of disability, of disease, of heartbreak. But that wasn't your final chapter, was it? God did something in you. He accepted you. He forgave you. He gave you the power to forgive others. He gave you a fresh start. And now, with the help of the Lord, your life is different. Amen? Because of Ebenezer, the help of the Lord. And now your life is like an Ebenezer stone. Your life is this constant reminder to the people around you that there is a good God who cares for his kids. Because see, the people around you, they know what you've gone through. They know what you've faced. Some of you, I am stunned that you're even in church because of what you've experienced in your life. 
You've experienced abuse even at the hands of other Christians, even at the hands of church people, even at the hands of some pastors, and yet you continue to follow Jesus. That's incredible. That's because your life is an Ebenezer stone. It is a, it is a marker that God is your help. And in this room, it's more than just a church family. It is a collection of stories of God doing the impossible. So with the help of the Lord, looking forward, what do we hope happens for each one of us? What do we hope God does? Well, I could speak for myself, but I hope God uses me to go reach the one. The one. That one person who's wandered away from God. That one person that is missing something. I hope God uses me to go reach them. And what I love about this church family is I'm surrounded by people like you who have that same heart to go reach the lost one. Here's the crazy thing about God's church. God's church is the only organization in the world that exists for those who are not yet members. Did you catch that? We're the only organization in the world that exists for those who are not yet members. We don't gather each week to be comfortable. We gather in a team huddle to figure out how to go reach the one. We are here for people who aren't here yet. Does anyone else have some friends and family that you would love to join you in heaven someday, but they haven't chosen to follow Jesus yet? That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. It's because when God forgave us and rescued us and saved us, he didn't take us right to heaven, which many of us would have been okay with. He said, now I got a mission for you. There are more people who are lost. There are more people who have strayed. There are more people who need to hear this message. Now you go share. You go be an Ebenezer stone. And when people see your story and when people hear what God has done, they will know that there is a God who helps his kids. My friends, today we gather as a church family in a bunch of different locations and it's a milestone Sunday. But I don't want you to miss the point of today. It is not meant to remind us how good or influential we are. It is meant to remind us how good and influential God is. We are not building a building. We are building God's kingdom. Because we have a God who leaves the 99 to pursue the one. And there is a villain out there who is, who is like a prowling lion seeking whom he may devour. And he's looking for that lost one because he wants to keep them isolated. He wants to keep them lost. He wants to them to spend eternity in a fiery hell with him. But we have a God who sees that lost one, who is doing everything in his power to pursue that lost one, and who is mobilizing his kids to go find that lost one and share the hope of salvation. And we do that today by holding up our story and saying, Ebenezer, the Lord is our help. Look at how the psalmist said it. 
Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Read this next part with me. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You ever feel like you could use some help? Some of you are like, all the time. My help doesn't come from a politician. My help doesn't come from my bank account. My help doesn't come from my job. Friends, my help comes from the Lord. Your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Look at what it says in Romans 8.31. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Today, on this grand opening Sunday, we want to say that our villain is alive and well, and he is no match for our God. And God is at work, and God is changing this region one life at a time. How cool would it be, how cool would it be 10 years from now to say our area, there's no longer 80% that don't have a church family, it's down to 50%. Half of the people in our area now have a church family, now know about Jesus, and they're sharing Jesus with the people around them. Would that not be cool? There is a tipping point statistically in a community, in a region, when, when people come to Christ that way. And we're a long way from that. But we're on the road. And in Israel's history, that day when they turned back to God was also the day when the villains mobilized to defeat them. But it was also the day where they saw God step up and be their victory. My friends, we need to make sure that whenever we celebrate a victory, we give credit where credit is due. And all the credit this morning goes to our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? So here's what I want us to do is just kind of a, a moment in time today is we're going to do a dedication prayer. We're going to do a dedication prayer. A few weeks ago, we sent off a bunch of people from this campus. We said goodbye to them. We said, go enjoy those comfy seats, you lousy turncoat. <laughs> we sent them off to go reach a new community. And today what we're going to do is we're just going to pray for them. There's a lot of challenges ahead. We know that. But there are people, even this morning, even right now, as Rick shares the good news down there in that theater, there are people that are hearing about Jesus, some of them for the first time. And we're going to pray that God uses Regal Theater as a place of transformation. It's It's a place where science fiction movies and horror movies and fantasy movies get shown It's also going to be a place every week where God shows up and God's power gets shown in amazing ways. So I'd like you to stand with me and we're going to do a prayer of dedication this morning. Heavenly Father, God, we say this morning, Ebenezer, Ebenezer, you are our help. God, we want to pray today for Regal Binghamton. We want to pray for the facility. We want to pray for the employees. We want to pray for the guests who are walking in. God, we pray that they would see Jesus in us. Lord, we want to pray for the 40 plus 
volunteers who have committed to serving. And, and each Sunday, they're going, to be, they're going to be setting up and tearing down and greeting people and making coffee and, and helping with kids and making that a welcoming environment for people to come and see and hear the good news of Jesus Christ. God, as a church family, we want to pray for, for our church, for our staff, for our leadership, that God would have us be humble, have us be unified, and have us be focused. We pray for not just this new campus, but we pray for Green. We pray for Bainbridge. We pray for Cincinnatus. We pray for online. God, that, that you would allow each one of our campuses to reach people with the good news. God, thank you for all the churches in our area that are doing the same thing and are reaching people. We pray for them. Thank you for the people and the churches in our region that have been supporting and investing in us. Thank you for the church in Cortland last week that took an offering to donate it to our new campus because they want to be part of it. God, thank you that your kingdom is growing. God, we pray that we would as we dedicate this new campus that we've been able to be part of, that, that we here would continue to live generously and to be unselfish to reach that one. And, and, and God, maybe that one, maybe they're here, maybe they're in this room, maybe they're watching online, and God, they've wandered from you. And I pray that today that you would exchange their hopelessness for, for the hope of the good news of Jesus. And I pray that today through, through all the excitement and noise and singing and talking that they can hear that there is a God who loves them, who moved heaven and earth to rescue them from their sin. The Bible says God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. Listen, this morning, you might say, well, how do I do that, Justin? How do I, how do I get rescued, get saved? It's really simple. You turn, like the people in our story turn to God. You, you turn to God. The, the, the word that Jesus used for that is repent. You, you turn away from your sin. You, you turn away from your past. You, you've probably tried to lead your life up till now. And you turn away from even that. You say, I'm no longer in charge. I'm no longer in control. God, you take over. And maybe today that's you. Maybe today you need to turn back to the God who is your help. And if you do that this morning for the first time, I want to tell you, welcome to the family of God. As you believe in Jesus, God's son, you become part of a global family of people that are headed to heaven and are here to reach others who aren't. And maybe for you, you've, you've done this before, you've turned to God before, but you've strayed. And, and so maybe today you're just that, that sheep who's gone astray. You've, you've wandered away from your shepherd. And so like Samuel, I just want to kind of call you, come back. Come back to a God who's crazy about you. A God who has not wandered from you, who has not ignored you, who will never abandon you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he's just waiting for you. He's waiting for you to come back. And so maybe today you're coming back to God and he's going to be your help. And that word Ebenezer, maybe it's just going to stick with you. God is my help. God is with me. 
and will never abandon me. God, I thank you that you chase after lost sheep like us. Thank you for welcoming us back home over and over and over. Your mercy is just so good. God, this morning, we, we, we aren't standing in arrogance and celebrating that we've done this great work. We're, we're celebrating what you have done. We, we want to give you glory. We want to give you credit. This is your thing, God. We're, we're just messed up people that you've chosen to use to spread the hope of the world to people in need. God, you're awesome. This morning, even as Rick delivers your word down there and Phil and Bainbridge and Chuck up and Cincy, God, as, as your word goes forth in all these places, may, may you change lives one heart at a time and may you rescue that one. You are an awesome, merciful, kind, powerful God. And you are our help. And we declare this in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for sticking around with us. We are excited to see what God is going to do on Front Street through this new Berean campus. And it's only from his blessings that we are able to do anything. It's all for his glory. All we can do is say, come and see what God has done in our lives, in our church, and for his people, because it's all for him. Now, if you're a guest with us this morning, we would love to introduce ourselves to you, and we would love for you to introduce yourselves to us. You can do that with a connection card at bbctransform.org connect. Now, a connection card is a great tool to let us know what your next step is and how we can help. We would love to hear from you, whether you're a guest or a longtime Berean who gathers with us regularly here at our online campus. So fill out that connection card. Uh, let us know what you need and how we can help, and we will get right with you. Now, if you're interested in our growth process, you can find out more information about that at bbctransform.org grow. We love helping Jesus followers grow in their faith. And whether you'd prefer to meet in person with somebody or by video chat, we are happy to help you grow. That's what we're here for. We love it. Now, our mission here at Berean is to make more and better Jesus followers. If you want to partner with us on that mission, you can give a gift at bbctransform.org give. Let me say again, thank you for joining us in celebration and in worship this morning. We are amazed at what God is doing here at Berean. We are thankful that he has chosen to bless us and to use us to reach this new community down on Front Street. So it's all full sails ahead. We are just so excited about what God is going to do down there. I hope that we will get to see you again soon, here or in person. Have a great week. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in And when I look at the space between Where I used to be and this reckoning I know I will never be alone There was another in the fire Standing next to me Should I ever need a 
Every battle, cause I know that's what I 